G'day and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional and spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now here's your host, Jason Perkins. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 11, part 2 of Perco's Podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening in from around the world. We literally have people all over the world who listen to the podcast, which is so fun. In fact, this week, I want to give a shout out to one of our brand new listeners in South America. Mark Bodelin from Santiago, Chile, reached out to us through our social media channels this week and let us know that he has jumped into the podcast. Thanks for letting us know, Mark. We're so glad that you're on this journey with us, and we hope that you find the content in the podcast helpful for reaching your goals but also keeping your soul healthy as well. Just like Mark, we would love to hear from you as well. So stick around to the end of the show and I will share with you how you can connect with us online. If you're brand new to the podcast or you've been listening for a long time, we would love to hear from you. Today is part two of my conversation with my friend Tim Hanna. Just a couple of highlights from the show today. He's going to talk about how you can prioritize your family in leadership and how to be intentional with each of your kids, even if you have nine children like Tim and his wife do. He's also gonna talk about how to transition an organization from an unhealthy culture to a place of health and how long he thinks it actually takes to do that. And then finally, as always, Tim is going to share some insights on how you can find activities that will actually help you to feel God's pleasure and how to do lots of those things to care for your soul. So a lot happening in the podcast today. But before we dive into part two of this conversation with Tim, I want to tell you about who is coming up next on the podcast. Ashley Fell is a social researcher, author, TEDx speaker, and she is the director of communications at McCrindle Research. She most recently, though, co-authored a book with a previous podcast guest of mine, Mark McCrindle, and the book is called Work Wellbeing. I recently read the book and then had a conversation with Ashley. It was phenomenal, both the conversation and the book. It is a great book on how you can actually care for your soul through work rather than having it drain or damage your soul. So don't miss that conversation with Ashley Fell coming out next week. Well, let me remind you of today's guest. Tim Hanna has spent 30 years in local church ministry here in Australia, leading number of different churches across a number of different states, as well as lecturing at theological colleges here in Australia. And he's also been in the church leadership space with the Global Leadership Network, formerly known as Willow Creek Australia. His last 10 years, though, he has spent as the CEO of Compassion Australia. And I recently had the privilege of sitting down over a cup of coffee with him and having a conversation. And I am so excited to share part two of that conversation with you right now. So, Tim, we mentioned just a minute ago that you have a, a large family. You've got nine nine kids, um, 24 grandkids. Congratulations. Yep. That's fantastic. And so far. Yeah, so, so far. far. There could be more on the way, which is fantastic. What are some of the rhythms? Because you've, you've mentioned already that you didn't always get it right when it came to no. the balance of ministry and a large family. But... But yet, I'm sure over the years, you and Chris developed at least some habits, some rhythms, some practices to try and maintain a healthy 
family um, relationship. What are some of the top maybe two or three things that you and Chris focused mm. on that you feel like were really helpful with your family? Yeah, look, I, I, as I said before, I think my wife was amazing. She was much better at this than I was, and she she had the ability to create fam- things that were family memories, things that were, you know, that we would remember forever, different little bits and pieces. But the one thing I did throughout the years, which um, I probably stumbled across rather than was greatly, wonderfully intentional, and it probably helped, suited me as well, but every Thursday night... I would take one of my kids out for dinner, just him, just me and that one. Yeah. Six, six daughters, three sons. And we would just go to a, a local food court in a, in a shopping centre and, and they started at the age of two and finished when they left home, basically. Wow. And, and so as a two-year-old, all they're doing is sitting, watching around with people and see what they're doing. But it was still time with Dad. As they got up into teenage years, it was more, how are you going? How's, how's life? You know, it was more like that. So that was one very practical thing that... I maintained you. It was almost had to be an absolute emergency not to do that. Now yeah. I'm glad I did that because there were other times I was a bit haphazard and and uh, and that. So we created memories. We did those sort of things. Um, we would use events to be and see what is what is God saying in an event. So we would be able to see this happened to us. What might that be saying about faith or life? So we would we would use incidental events to actually be faith stirring for our family yeah. and that was that was a good thing too so just a couple of things but as I said my, my wife was much better at creating memories and yeah. and doing things and much more creative and artistic and stuff with the kids and that was great yeah I love that the idea of small deposits over a long yeah. period of time yeah. add up to a yeah. very large investment so the idea of that I love the food court on Thursday night. Late, the classic. <laughs> it me. It was great. The classic late night shopping in Australia. Um, heading to the f- food court on yeah, a Thursday night, and yeah, it's absolutely uh, it's so good. I can the, the typically for my kids is they had to wait nine weeks to get the next one. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so really, you were you were basically only doing it about once a quarter with each kid. It sounds like absolutely. But I was doing it every week. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I love that. That's such a practical thing. Um, yeah, it's just very good. that you can do, yeah, Tim. I I would uh, love to go back to a conversation that you and I had a little while ago. You said something in the conversation that has really stuck with me, and I'd love for you to unpack it a little bit. You've worked in a number of different organizations over the years, but you have sensed that God gave you a calling, but He gave you different assignments for that calling, and that concept just stuck with me um, ever since you, you our conversation together. Could you maybe unpack a little bit for our listeners what you mean by that, a, a irrevocable calling on your life, but multiple assignments throughout your life and what that has looked like for you? Yeah, look, I, I found it incredibly helpful to make that distinction for me personally. It's just been really Really good because I think sometimes we talk about I'm in this role so that's my calling. Yeah. I'm in this role because that's my calling and it it gets messy I think sometimes if that if that particular role comes to an end and what's happened have I lost my calling? Yeah. I just think when any role you're in there's a bigger calling there's something above that there's a banner above that that the way God has wired you the way God has equipped you and the passions the skills the gifts He's given you to to work in your life and then 
you have assignments beyond that. Let, let me give you an illustration from my own life, I guess. And look, I'm not sure I understood this early on yep. in my in my ministry. Yeah. When I look back, I say, "Aha, that's that's what's happened." And and but I, and again, I've only had probably the, the words to um, articulate this in more recent years. But but I, I for me personally, I've come to realise that my calling, what God has wired me for, is to bring good health, good culture and flourishing to people, organisations, churches, where I've been. Yes. Um, and that's generally been in a situation where that's that's been required for, for a period of time. And that's my overall... Now, I've had a number of six or seven assignments, you know, three local churches, college, compassion, and now what I'm, what I'm doing now. Um, and they've all fitted under that banner, yeah. but they've been different assignments. So... If I move assignments, I've not lost my calling. You know, you know the Apostle Paul says that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Yes. Now, if if, it's, if your calling's tied up with an assignment and you lose that assignment for whatever reason, then you've got to say, well, is it irrevocable or, or not? Whereas if you see it as a bigger, a bigger banner above that, um, then you never lose your calling. You might change your assignment. That's been very, very helpful because it means you can leave well because it's not you're not you're not losing your calling you're just moving assignments and it can do all that the tricky thing i think is discovering personally yeah what is your calling that's that's the that's i was that's the tricky thing i was going to ask you because you said that in the early days you wouldn't have been able to articulate that and you wouldn't yeah. have necessarily been able to see it what are some practical ways tim that you've seen that calling be identified maybe in these later years where you've been able to say, hey, it was maybe somebody else identifying it or you identifying it. What does that look like? Yeah, look, there's a couple of questions I think that give you a start or a lead in or a hint to that. So what what do I love doing is one. What Secondly, what am I good at doing? Yeah. And thirdly, another question I think this is really important. What do trusted others recognize that I love doing and I'm good at doing. Yes. So not just what do I love doing, what am I good at doing, but what do trusted others recognize? And I think that gives you the beginning point of discovering your your personal why, your personal calling, and, and then you're able to say, well, that, that assignment wouldn't fit with that. We'd be able to say, no, that assignment wouldn't fit with that, or that, that wouldn't work. Or, yeah, that's you can do things that are... You could take assignments that fit in with your calling and there'll be joy most of the time, not all the time, yep. joy, uh, delight, um, fulfillment. Because if you're doing assignments that are contrary to your calling, there's this internal dissonance in your own life yeah. where you think, oh, I'm not in a space where I really flourish. I'm not in my sweet spot. Yeah. And, and so I think ask those three questions to start with yep. and you know, go back even further. Love God, love people. Is that is that what I'm? You know, that's <laughs> Jesus was pretty clear about that. Yes. Is start with there, but it's, what what do others and I say are my sweet spots? Yeah. So really, you're saying, Tim, start off with what what do you love doing? What are you yep. What are you good at? And then yep. what do others say? It's obvious you're good at this and that you love doing it. That's right. Yeah. That's a starting point. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's fantastic. And, and I'd say work hard to articulate it in your own language so that it's it's crystal clear in your own thinking. Yeah. Don't be fuzzy about it. Be crystal clear. So, Tim, you've you've had this clear calling as you look back now over your life to come into organizations. And I don't want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but maybe you said, I've been called into organizations that perhaps weren't as healthy as they possibly could be. 
potentially yep. there was some health potential there for them to gain. When you come into those kinds of organizations, and, and I think you've already touched on this a little bit, but I'd love for you to just articulate in the beginning of those assignments, what were maybe some of the two top two or three things that you looked for and began to work on immediately to help maybe turn the tide or to turn the ship, so to speak, towards more of a healthy organization? Yeah, that's a great question because that's a crucial question. And some of those you know, assignments I went into and I thought, I know I'm meant to be here, but I've got no idea how to, where, to, where to go. Yeah. So particularly in early days, but I, I think I'd always start with developing culture and finding out what the culture of the organization is to start with yes. so for example in they've all been they're not they're not necessarily not broken organizations they've just been through a period of of maybe difficulty or a couple of the churches were were, were actually quite broken in terms of splits or things that had happened yes um, but I know coming into compassion compassion is a great organization and it's been going since 1952 and um, and a bit later than that in Australia, but you don't want to muck it up. So where do you start? But I, I just got together the staff and said, okay, you tell me what it's like coming to work here. It's not about our, our why, because our why is releasing children from poverty. Yep. We don't want to change that. That's set. Yep. But you tell me what it's t- tell me what it's like working here. Things that you would like to change, and tell me things that are not in existence that you would want to put into into make make happen. So out of that, I worked through that with my. Uh, HR manager and director and and uh, we de- developed distilled ultimately five you know values that we think we need to work together and the great thing is they were decided by people yeah they weren't decided by me this is what we all said so we all live it um, so I'd, 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 I'd gauge the culture and what's happening with the culture uh, and what is it like and what does it need to start with. and and the change of culture takes some years so it's not like it's every not like today we need to decide this and tomorrow it happens yeah the other thing is i i get people in around me and in in the team that i work most closely with who are on the same page who who are not not going to gild the lily they're not going to make you make you believe it's all fantastic and it's terrific yeah they're going to be honest about where it's at yeah and those two things of culture and and the leadership alignment, yeah. um, I think are crucial in in, in any organisation, and that's where I would start, even when you don't know what to start. Yeah, how to start? No, it's fantastic. You mentioned there, Tim, that um, it's not a short it's not a short race. It's it's a long term uh, assignment yeah. as far as developing or changing culture. What would you? How would you describe pace in that process? Like. What would you describe as far as a, a healthy pace in an organization if you're a leader trying to bring health to the culture? Yeah, look, I would say make sure you get that those things happening first. So don't rush culture. Okay. Don't rush trying to, well, we've, we've had these meetings, we're, now we're all together, let's go and strategize the next five years. Yep. I would say let's make sure that gets embedded first. And, and culture probably takes a good... I think four to six years to really fully embed in an organisation yeah. or a church. Okay. Uh, so you can't put things, everything else on hold for that time, but you've got to see how there's progress happening and you you sort of cast vision to work with that progress. Yes. Like if you've just got a, 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 a somewhere that's been broken, a bit broken, and you say, you know, we've got our values, now we're right, now we're going to build a, you know, a, a auditorium for 
20,000 people yes. and you've got a still a fair bit of brokenness there, that's going to fall in a heap just as sure as you, you know it. Yep. Whereas you sort of build the vision according to where the health of where people are at. And health ultimately brings growth. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's an important sort of biological yeah. um, mandate. Yeah. So, so I would say it, it does take to embed a good number of years, yeah. four to six. And it's, it's not just, culture's a funny thing, it's not just what you build, it's what you allow. So, for example, you might say, I want a culture of healthy conversations, but I allow gossip. Yeah. And then you wonder why your culture doesn't get better because it's not just about what you build, it's what you allow. And, yeah. and those things have to mesh together. So, yeah. Yeah, the, your aspirations and your reality have to start to meet at some Absolutely. point or else you will never get to what you aspire to. So, right. Tim, we um, are on this call primarily because you were quoted from a previous podcast guest that I had, <laughs> um, a mutual friend of ours, um, Mark McCrindle was on on the podcast a few months back now, and and he mentioned something when I asked him about this issue of soul care because our podcast has a focus of not just helping leaders reach their goals, but also maintaining a healthy soul. So when I asked Mark uh, to share with me some of the practices that that he uses to maintain a healthy soul, he actually quoted you as you were exiting compassion. You said this: mm. "Find whatever feeds your soul." and do lots of it. I would love mm. to know, and I'm sure our listeners would love to know, what, did you, what is it that feeds your soul and what do you do a lot of because of that? Yeah, look, I think soul care is crucial. Your soul, I would define as that part of you which is the purest relationship you have with God. Yeah. God knows you before you were conceived. He says, I knew you before, the, before you were in your mother's womb. So, this is a strange thing to say, maybe, but existence occurs before conception yeah. for us. Yeah. Which is kind of, uh, when you think about it, existence to God, because God knew us. Yes. And it's kind of our soul that he knew, I think, that it's, 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 it's the basic part of us. And then from conception onwards, we get all these tags and labels. We're the most labeled generation ever. We hashtag everything. <laughs> um, you know, so you get all these taintings and expectations and your own as well as other people's and that forms a different part of you that can get all tainted and and, and sort of mixed up so that part of you which god knew best is your soul so you've got to work out um what is it that feeds that relationship with god more than anything yeah and it could be music it could be nature it could be uh walking it could be solitude it could be um, a hobby. It could be a whole bunch of things. Just find out what, where you feel most attuned to God. It's a little bit like, I don't know if you remember seeing the movie Chariots of Fire where Eric Liddell yes. um, you know, made, made that statement. So when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Yeah. Whatever it is where you just feel God's pleasure, do lots of it. So for me personally... Um, I, I I walk and pray better than I sit and pray. Yeah. So I've got to realise that it's not it's not right or wrong. I just I walk and pray better than I sit and pray. I love I love being in a coffee shop with a pen and a piece of paper, mm. and I think and I write and I observe and I just make some comment, you know, to myself and I might be preparing something. So that sort of stuff is important. With scripture, I find personally that I want to explore a passage rather than just 
read a certain number of chapters every day, get through a book. Yes. I find I, I could be on the same um, passage of scripture for a couple of weeks, yeah. just trying to, what is this really saying to me and what's it saying to us and, and what am I, what am I, so it's, it's whatever it is that feeds your soul. It could be listening to music. It could be, um, you know, a, a hobby where you just feel God is with you in that particular moment. So I think it's, it's whatever, whatever feeds your soul, and we're all unique. So I think the trouble comes when we try to formularize mm. um, what works best for us. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes we do that, and it doesn't work for so- it works for you, doesn't work for someone else, yeah. or it works for someone else, doesn't work for you, and you feel bad about it. But feel free enough in your faith to discover what it is that gets you that closeness to God, and do lots of it. Yeah. And it really, you've touched on something there, Tim, that I think is important to understand that you are unique. God has made you unique and he knows your existence as you described it from the beginning of time. And so that your soul care is going to look different to somebody else's. And I think the moment that we try to perhaps put into practice what worked for somebody else or even impose what has worked for us onto somebody else that's when we maybe begin to to go down a road towards legalism where we think that the practice is going to be the thing that feeds our soul when it's actually the the person of of God yeah. himself is yeah. who's going to feed yeah. our soul not the practice yeah so there good. are some there are some practices that we we almost make the 11th commandment you know yeah. we, you must do this you must do this you must do this but if it, work out how it how you develop your closeness with God and do lots of that yeah it's fantastic. So, Tim, you've wrapped up at Compassion recently. Mm. You've moved into a new season of ministry. Yeah. I would love for you just to share with our listeners what you're currently working on, um, the organization that you're working with now that, that helps mm. to kind of facilitate some of that. And then I'm going to ask you at the end of all of that, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to connect with you? Sure. So, um, well, I uh, when I finished at Compassion consistent with my why my calling i felt i needed to feed back in and give help where i can so i'm doing some coaching and consulting yeah some mentoring with uh with leaders church leaders primarily but leaders not-for-profit leaders uh, and some organizational leaders and and i'm doing that and loving it um i'm doing some i was planning to do that um on you know anyway but then i'm now working three days a week with an organization called partners in ministry which has the same the same philosophy, the same desire to build um, into leaders, to build, coach, consult with leaders and churches and their teams and to make a difference and build into the kingdom. So I love that. And so Partners in Ministry is what I do for most of the time and I still do a little bit of stuff uh, from my own, um, what I'd plan to do anyway. But but it's, it's very similar and, and uh, I'm just loving doing it and catching up. And so Partners in Ministry initially started a few years ago, but... In primarily in Sydney and Victoria, yeah. and now they've expanded into Queensland, wanting me to to to, to lead the work up here, and then also to add added to the teams in Victoria, New South Wales, and in South Australia. So eventually, wanting to sort of say we we want to help wherever we can, yeah. and help leaders. Leading a church, leading an organisation is a tough gig, yeah. and we want to make it. We want to get alongside you and help you and support you. So love to love to help any way we can. Yeah. Well, I've found over the years um, that having coaches and mentors in my own life has been incredibly valuable. And so I would just love to highly recommend 
anyone that's listening to the podcast, if you haven't had a coach or a mentor involved in your ministry and in your leadership, highly recommend that they explore that option wherever they're listening from. Um, But certainly if they're in Australia, I think Partners in Ministry would be an excellent option to look at. And you guys have a website. I think it's partnersinministry.org or .com.au. .org. .org, yep. And then how would people get in touch with you, Tim? What's the best way to connect with you if they wanted to to catch up or follow up on this conversation in some way? Sure, a number of ways, but I don't confuse it, but you could either do that through Partners in Ministry. Yep. uh, uh, Tim Hannah, Tim.Hannah at partnersinministry.com. Yep. Or I've got a mine, you know, and also a mine email. Tim at timhanna.com dot yep. au. Yep. So I've got a website. If you connect me there, I'll connect you. We'll connect with Partners in Ministry as well. So, yeah. so I've got a, I've got a little vlog and blog that I do there each fortnight, which I quite enjoy, and yeah. uh, just something that's erupted out of COVID. Yeah. Um, so stuff there you can you'll get to me on the website or timhanna.com.au yeah. yeah. or through partners in ministry yeah and you've actually got a lot of content on your website i've you know been on your website timhanna.com.au also lots about what you're doing as far as uh, helping develop organizational culture mentoring coaching yeah. even some of the yeah. public speaking that you do um, for churches and organizations as well all that information's on your website so i'd love sure. for people to be able to connect with you in that way Tim, is there anything else that you just feel that if a leader is going to be leading a, especially a Christian organization, but even if it's, you know, a for-profit business or whatever, that's not overtly Christian, what is, is there anything else that you think, man, this is a, a part of a, a leader's DNA that just can't be missed? Yeah, look, I think um, sometimes we want to be the best we can in the organisation, which is our assignment at the moment. That's that's great. So that becomes the focus. But I would say any any leader in the kingdom of God needs to have an expanded view of the kingdom to the point where I think you need to have a heart for the lost, the broken, and the poor. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's Jesus' call in 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 the, in the synagogue in his hometown. You know, uh, you know, bring good news to the poor and recovery of sight to the blind. So I think I would say to any leader that you will become more full orbed if you have an expansive heart and expansive interest in the broken and lost. Go and visit people. Go and visit places um, that you never thought you would. Go and visit communities that are that are that are broken and poor in your country or beyond in other countries and you will be a much more well-rounded person for the ministry you have so i think that's the area i'd say make sure you compassion helped me with that obviously and yeah. and, and you realize wow there's, there's a wide world out there not everyone lives like me not everyone is in my space and not everyone would fit into you know the kind of world that i'm i'm doing it can become very small unless you see a wider view of the kingdom yeah so really it's that broader view of not becoming so focused on just the assignment that God has given you, but have a fuller understanding of what God is doing around the world and with a bit of an emphasis on that areas of of brokenness and poverty around the world to make you a more full leader. Yeah. It's fantastic. Tim, it's been such a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for joining us and to carve out an hour or so of your time to be on the podcast. Really appreciate it, mate. Jason, thanks for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed it. It's been fun. Wow, what a fantastic conversation with Tim. So much, so much to put into practice from that conversation. 
However, for me, what really stood out were his comments about finding what brings God's pleasure to you and doing lots of that. In fact, I'm going to head out right after this to take a bike ride because that's what I love to do to hear from God. And it is a beautiful, sunny winter's day here in Brisbane. So I'm going to head out in just a moment. Before I go though, I wanna make sure that you don't miss any conversations like this one. So if you haven't done so already, go to my website, jasonperkoperkins.com. Sign up for my weekly newsletter. I promise we will not bombard you with emails every day that are not helpful for you or a distraction for you. We want to just keep what's happening on the podcast in front of you and making sure that anything we can do to help feed your souls is passed along to you along the way. So make sure you sign up for that on my website or you can just hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and you'll be up to date with new shows as they go live. As always, we love hearing from people that listen to the show or watch on YouTube. So make sure you reach out to us online this week. You can find us online via social media primarily with our handle Jason Perko Perkins, or you can just send me a good old fashioned email. My email address is hello at jasonperkoperkins.com. Also, do me a favor. If you are finding these podcasts helpful, we would love it if you would just share that with other people by giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to on. That would be super helpful. We just want to get this content to as many people as possible. Our dream here at the podcast is really simple. We want to see a generation of leaders reach their goals and at the same time hear them say, it is well with my soul. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. I really appreciate it. I look forward to connecting with you online during the week and talking more about how we can care for our souls. Until next time, have a great week. Cheers. You've been listening to Perko's podcast. Join us next time for more insights on strategy, leadership, and soul care to help you reach your personal, professional, and spiritual goals while at the same time not losing your soul. In the meantime, make sure to connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.